Cheers. Record, right? This is episode 11, Off the Record with Nick and Trey. Here we are. We've made it past the double digits. We're now on 11, which is a lucky number, I think. Yeah, double double unos. Double yeah, snake eyes. <laughs> um, we were just chatting about uh, about the podcast. Yeah. Right? What were, what were we chatting about? Well, we were talking about how you're not going to be here next Tuesday. Mm. You're going to be in Mexico. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about whether we're going to post a podcast or not and i think that we uh i think that we will i think i i was throwing around the idea of inter- interviewing one of our band friends uh mm-hmm. or possibly just doing a rant on my own which probably be super unstructured but it may be interesting maybe yeah. we'll see but well, uh that's that's a week away we won't worry about that right now yeah, so we're we're uh, it's October thirtieth today. We release this on Friday after that. But uh, happy Halloween! We hope you had a great Halloween because it's over now that you've heard this. Yes. Um, Trey, what did you dress up for ho- as for Halloween? Um, Mercy dressed up as a cat, and I dressed up as something the cat dragged in, which was basically just myself because I'm a trash person. <laughs> <laughs> I dressed up. I went to a party in a big show thing in Portland. You you were in Eugene, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I dressed up as a Portland tourist with all the tchotchkes and the t-shirt and the all the stuff. A selfie, selfie stick. stick. Selfie stick. I had the bucket hat with the sides pinned up. It's over there on my skull. Mm-hmm. I had all the pins from all. It was fun. It was yeah. Fun. Yeah. Oh, I had a box of voodoo, voodoo donuts. With a like a handle on the bottom, so I wouldn't lose it. Yeah, no donuts in it because I felt like carrying around donuts all night would be gross. But it was fun. Yeah, had fun. That's great. Um, yeah, and here we are. But what I was thinking about is we were talking about um, we were briefly talking about Trey recording the podcast next week because I'm going to be out in Mexico hanging with whale sharks along uh, the Baja Peninsula. Um, and we were talking about who he could interview. I mentioned that I should have gotten my hair cut. Reminded me that I watched a video of these kind of balding guys shaving their the the spot. Shaving their head to, to literally look like total bald guys. In the bald spot, yeah. And then what they do is the, there's this whole new... It's like the revolution of toupees that are yeah. not toupees. It's like future toupees yeah. where it's like you shit, you commit to getting rid of the soft, the soft hair, the feathery fluff. Exactly. And then you replace it with the toupee type vibe that looks totally real. And it is the same hair that you had, but it's just cooler and fuller. Yeah. Um, I watched that video and it was like never ending like loop of guys that were doing this. It was kind of crazy. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. That's insane. I, so, I, I don't know if I could commit. To, uh, committing to shaving the bald spot, the yeah. old man. It's like whatever you have shoot. left, is you're getting rid of it. Well, totally. For something better. Well, you're getting rid of the top. Yeah. You're leaving the sides like a like an old horseshoe. Yeah, everything haircut. you're trying to hold on to, you're getting rid of. <laughs> yeah. For something that be- It is for something better, but my fear is like, okay, you walk under... Something, and then your he- your head gets hooked on some crappy piece of a nail hanging out of a piece of wood, and then your fake hair gets torn off your head, yeah. and your shaved, sad little top is exposed to the world, and you're trying to hold your hair down. Like that's the fear of toupees. Is like, yeah. if it comes off, it's you're not going to be stoked. It's kind of a shame that there's like a cultural thing with bald men um and it kind of makes you feel self-conscious if you're bald like i'm i don't have to worry about that because i actually have like a proceeding hairline like i'm growing hair onto my forehead i don't know maybe one day i'll get some thin hair but i don't think it's gonna happen so i don't have to worry about that but i know that there's guys out there that worry about losing their hair and what they look like with bald hair some guys just like shave it all off and they're like, I'm just embracing it. I'm just going to be bald now. But, um, I don't know. I feel like there's, 
it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame that you are out in the world and like whatever your body's doing with your head, like it just, it turns into a thing that people look down on or, or I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, well men with, it's totally a psychological thing. The men, tall men, tall white men with great hair and, and stand up straight and they're, they're thin and whatever. It's like they psychologically people give them more power Mm. and it is and that is like part of the whole uh you know like the whole issue right now is that they have an easier time getting raises getting promotions becoming ceos and all that stuff because psychologically the the youthful hair of a 40 if a 40 year old looks like he's 29 and he's like fit and tall and has hair there people just i mean like it's not just like people like him it's like everybody gives them the benefit of yeah. that and they might be total assholes yes. uh, you hit on something i think it's like an age thing like you don't want to look old because when mm-hmm. you look old you look i guess weak i don't know yeah like you lose the edge and that's interesting because i've seen a lot of old dudes in like office or like politics or whatever who are bald a lot of like uh a lot of people in like i don't know just older dudes are balding and like i don't know i fuck jesus christ look what you did there's a thing right there trey just uh spilled his drink i've spilled my drink and ruined not one but two computers now your desk is gonna smell like uh whiskey good the rest it smelled too much like cleaner. It has not. I don't clean my desk. It is disgusting, actually. This is probably the cleanest my desk will be in weeks. Um, totally fine. Anyways. Um, yeah, so... But you're right. That the, the youthful... Everyone wants to look youthful. And, and to be honest, in society, women... Okay. Women have an easier job going about augmenting themselves yeah. to be youthful again. Yeah. Like men, there are men who get Botox, and I've definitely thought about it because we, we have a lot of friends that, that have done Botox, and it's like, you look great. Um, so anybody can do it, but the men's men culturally kind of have to, if, especially if you're balding, you have to suffer through it and make a choice. Do you shave it? Do you go the fancy toupee route of the future? Future toupee? It's like looks great, but you still are sticking something to your head, and it's like a fear. Yeah. Or uh, you know, it like you get to that point where you have to make that decision. Um, culturally, women are more. It's okay for people to get Botox. Like nowadays, it's like a little Botox here and there, as long as you don't look like a piece of plastic. You know, like a balloon. <laughs> It's just like too too soft, you know. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't look crazy, it's like that's totally fine. But men men don't do that, maybe because they think it's unaccepted or unacceptable. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Men don't. Men usually don't wear makeup either. Like makeup, kind of. Women don't really lose their hair. I mean, they do, but there there are some. Common. But yeah, it's it's, it's not super common. And I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like. I feel like we don't really have a stake in the game. <laughs> We've got full heads of hair. No, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's like really. That being said, it's like I, we say that now. We happen to be tall white men with full heads of hair. Yeah. Which, which I like. I understand that it's like we we are the ones that get the benefit. Yeah. In in culture, and we're we want that to be even between the sexes. Um, but men with less hair, men that are shorter, all those challenges, like we, we f- feel you and we're sorry. And everyone should be e- equal and um, that's tough, whatever. But the, the, the key to all that is it's all about facade. It's like what's the, all the people care about is what they see. Yeah. And at the initial state of, uh, of judgment, you know, 
And uh, maybe that maybe that translates like that's totally not related to music production or even creativity necessarily. Maybe that translates a lot to bands. It's like why do why was it? It may still be a thing, but why was it in the early two thousands, in the nineties, nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens? Why is it that bands take their photos on a brick wall? Yeah, all the time. They're always in an alley, always on a wall. A brick wall. Yeah. It's always was like that. Yeah, there, um, there used to be a website with band photos. Yeah. And like that was one of the that was one of the memes on the website. It's like the brick wall photo. Like it's it's like extremely common for bands to take in front of take a picture in front of a brick wall. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. I wonder if it's because of part of the facade of being in a band. Like we are people. We're total dorks. We're total nerds. We we obsess about things that nobody cares about. Yeah. And and that's just who we are. But when we play shows and stuff, we do want to be seen as uh, a little bit more mysterious, a little bit cooler than we are, maybe. Yeah. And that's what the brick wall is all about. Who are those people who hang out in alleys? The st- all street the, people. The street that are like street playing, people playing music yeah well and well and at the time when i was in those alley photos it's like we were playing like kind of rock like hard rock or post-hardcore or whatever so it's like you don't want to seem like a total nerd when you're the in in some post-hardcore band you want to seem like those cool guys yeah and just because that not not because you don't want people to know who you really are it's more about you want the first impression to be within the universe that you're creating for yourself. Yeah. And that uh, that's really interesting. Our new our our whole new image brand band brand image is uh, is a little different than it ever was before. And I don't know what that's going to look like. We're still yet to take any new photos for all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I I don't want to be seen on a brick wall. Like what like what a bands like uh like Empire of the Sun, their their stuff is super Yeah, they have costumes and there's like a like a fantasy world landscape. It, and, it's almost like a psychedelic fantasy world. Yeah. Like but but not too psychedelic. It's yeah. still approachable. Yeah. It's not like they're lit they're flying through a fractal world. Like that's yeah. too much. You know, they're like in these CG interesting environments that are, that express kind of the, their creativity. Yeah. I think that like on their, their past albums, they almost had like movie poster, like painting type vibes where it's like them um, sort of, they're kind of in the foreground and there's like some stuff. Yeah. Around well, them, well, or these, they're their costumes. The two vines album for Ice, for uh, Empire of the Sun is a little different than the previous ones. Like all of these, from Ice on the Dune and uh, Walking on a Dream type stuff, it, it's super um, space world, yeah, which is cool because I, like, I, yeah, I love like that. Eight, it's almost like eighties sci fi movie poster type vibe. Yeah, but on two two vines, they went into something a little different. And they went into nature and they were like, you know, like they're within a tree type, in, yeah. like in forest with animals. And it's really, it's kind of like the, or, like the origin of life type of shit. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Or like this one with the, that it's like lips type of shape in the background, but it looks kind yeah. of like a harp something yeah i don't know it's like they did like what are they what are they representing themselves as the mysterious there isn't a sense of mystery and empire of the sun is a great example of a band that like like, it's like fan like fantasy is like the thing like it's like sci-fi fantasy like they have these costumes where they like it doesn't make sense in like real life but they they wear those costumes in live shows like yeah they, they wear that shit well because luke Steel is supposed to be the sun, the the sun god, or or something like that. Yeah, some kind of something. But I don't know. They they have like sort of a 
theatrical aspect to like their imagery a little bit where it's like they have these elaborate costumes. It's almost like, I don't know. It makes me think of like dark crystal. Absolutely. It's it's kind of like sci-fi fantasy. um, But like sort of ancient vibes, you know, like there's, there's like some weird, like ancient worldly vibe to it. I, I don't know. And I, 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 I like will, it a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I will say that our new music uh, is not quite as abstract as a lot of the, what they're trying to convey visually. Yeah. But our our new new music, like we're re- <laughs> we have this album we're releasing, and then the album after that, I have a feeling is going to get very interesting. Yeah. Because we are exploring something that is well beyond reality yeah um we've we've kind of rooted ourselves in like sci-fi fiction a little bit like in past albums and in this album that we're that we're working on it's sort of rooted in this like science fiction story um with time travel involved and all that shit um but yeah some of the songs that we are that are fresh that aren't on this album that were sort of in the works. Yeah. Cause that's how we kind of do we're, it. We're always four steps ahead and yeah. But yeah. Th- those are like kind of, they're kind of beyond the, the sci-fi fantasy story that we've been telling. They're, they're kind of more um, open to well, even, even more abstract shit, you know? And, and they're almost like self exploration. Yeah. Um, of, of figuring out what what you are, yeah, you know, and which is really abs- it's very abstract, and uh, I think that's going to be really fun to share visually and through the music yeah, when but- we get there. We'll get there soon. I think that th- this album we're on, uh, which if you're listening and you're a music producer or or in a band or whatever, a writer, like. The process to get the music from concept to reality to playable is is one stage. And then from playable to perfect for release is another stage. And then, of course, from there, you have to get back to playable in a new way, which is the third stage. Yeah, it's, conf- it's conveying the, like final product yeah but but in a way that's fresh for anybody at a show or whatever that it, like it's really challenging and um that we're in the middle of that and it it's been taking a long time because we've been so struck by the concept of change within ourselves yeah. that it's been a challenge to get through it and uh i think that any challenge like that is really it's really a testament to your own growth. Um, and we've, we, I think that since we've written some of these songs, we've, we've changed completely. Yeah. We are no longer who we literally no longer who we were. Yeah. Um, in a very positive way, but also, uh, it's kind of scary because it, it's, uh, in our old albums, it's easy to say that everything is messed up and fucked and it's us. It's okay. That's yeah. the that's the easy way out of life's challenges. And in now embracing what is wrong within yourself and trying to find solutions and then in finding solutions within the world to, in the context that you live in to, uh, to live your life or live whatever's left of your life. Because we're, we're, we're already this far through it. Yeah. And how much longer do we have? Yeah. You know, and, uh, that's kind of the heavy part of facing reality. Yeah. It's like turning back and seeing what, seeing what you've wasted and now seeing what you can make the most of. Yeah. That's kind of really, uh, really tough. I don't know. So we've got a lot coming. We got a lot of stuff coming, and I think the next album after we release this one, I think that we might be on pace to do the next album within a year. Yeah, for sure. Because by that time, we'll have like fifty songs written. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we'll I mean, we already have like maybe five, five or six solid, solid ideas for new songs. Yeah, 
which are new after what we have on the album here. And I don't know if we're going to go back to some of the songs that we didn't put on this album. I don't know if we will. I don't do know that. if we will either. But right now in, in our progress playlist that I listen to just to hear new ideas, we've got 23 tracks. Shit, that's a lot more than I thought. I think there might be a couple duplicates of like, uh, you know, progress on but one that, track. But that's, a, but that's a lot of stuff. It's definitely around 20 20 new songs that nobody's yeah, really but that, I mean that's kind of how we work is like we 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 put out new ideas easy like we 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 always start with something new and then sometimes it just doesn't develop into something that's worth pursuing which is good because that's the, if you can if you can I think that if we can uh, see that it is something worth making at the moment and then taking that and growing from into a real idea. Yeah. That's just a stepping stone, right? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Sometimes we come back to it and we put it in in a different context in a different song. And it adds to that song. Yeah. There's, there's some, like, there's some dumb, like, sequence that I, that I made that we actually ended up putting in one of the songs that's on our album that we're working on currently. And, like, it was just kind of a file that we came across and we're like, why aren't we using that? And then we kind of tried it. We tried it and, it and it's, and it like changed the course of the whole song. Like it kind of added a different tone to it. That was, um, sort of shifted it into a different space. Yeah. That made that improved it. So it's like even coming back to like old ideas sometimes is valuable, but also it's, it's not always worth just digging through old stuff just to like be like oh we have to finish this idea it doesn't need to be an obligation to complete yeah yeah i guess the point i'm trying to make is that like no matter what you make no matter what you uh throw down even if it's not exactly something that you could like make into a full song like you could always you could always still use it and everything that you did to make it like is still progressing your skill forward to like figure out how to do stuff, you know? Yeah. It's always valuable. So like everything, like as, as we've said on previous episodes is like, as long as you're making something, you're just, you're moving forward and you're, you're progressing and you're and you're getting more skilled at what you're doing. If, if, whether you use it or share it or not, it's it, worth it. And sometimes you might use it. And I think the most valuable skill in all that is not even like music. It's not in the, the, the application. It's not in logic. It's not in Ableton. It's in you to process your thoughts into reality. Yeah. And even if your thoughts are interesting but suck, like you said. It's like, it might not work, but that's okay. It's like, yeah. I, the practice isn't in making something incredible. It's in putting the weird dream you had. Yeah. Like, or the weird, like you're, you know, at late at night, you're laying in bed and you're hearing music. Yeah. Whatever situation you're in, you hear stuff. And in the morning, in some semblance of that, comes to reality and you sit down at your your computer or your keyboard or whatever so you can bring that to reality and you realize whatever it was that's where the value is that's where the practice is um which is a great segue so well trey when you have an idea in the middle of the night maybe late at night maybe four in the morning you're laying in bed and you can't sleep and you are literally your mind is in the stars and you are having a, a, a mental uh, experience. And um, you hear all these crazy chimey choral vo- voices with tones that are incredible. I'm only saying this because Trey has had these moments and we've all, we both had these moments, but like how, how, what's your process to put those onto uh, into reality. Bring those from your the conceptual to the yeah. real. 
Well, it's kind of a struggle for me. But usually I have those moments in the morning, not like at night. Usually if I, I don't know, if I'm falling asleep, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> but like in the morning, sometimes like I wake up early and I'm like kind of my mind, like my mind is fresh. I've just woke up and like, it's always kind of bouncing around, like thinking and stuff. A lot of times like this, like being in the shower, like in the shower, like you're, you're just in there and like, you're, you're sort of going through the motions of taking a shower, but Mm -hmm. your mind is occupied with other shit and like you've had rest. So it's like, your mind is like ready to go and it's kind of already going. So a lot of times that's like in the morning, that's like when I have a lot of inspiration for music stuff. And I, I like get sort of obsessed with like ideas in my head of like, um, certain melodies or lyrical stuff or music. And like one of my, one of my problems is that I, I'll hear, something in my head, some kind of like choral craziness or like song play in my head and like consolidating that into something that I can then put into a music production software or whatever, or even just play it on piano or whatever. It's a a huge challenge because it sounds way better in my head than it does when I try to start to make something and that's why like a lot of times I'll just try to remember the the melody or the chord progression or whatever and I'll just I'll go and I'll play it on piano real quick just so that I remember it and then like the next step is to like put it in logic like play it on piano in logic just so that it's it's now recorded it's Mm -hmm. in there I won't forget it I'll it's it's out of my brain and into the thing, even though it's not like what I was actually hearing in my head. It's enough. It's it's something that's there. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And that's, that's kind of a new process for me because otherwise it's just like in my head and it's like, who knows how (laughs) it will evolve or, or, or be different next time I remember to like, whatever it. So, just getting it out. And like, we've kind of talked about this, just like bare bones, like piano, put a beat in. It doesn't matter what the beat is. It doesn't matter what drums or like drum kit you use. Just as long as like the chords are in there, the idea is there. And like the beat is kind of loosely there to where it's like, this is kind of the, the skeleton of the idea. And then expanding on that is like, the goal, I guess. Um, well, I think that the key to all that right there is not to build something that you can share so people understand your idea. It's so that when you open it up next time, it spurs that concept again. Yeah. You're like, I remember this. Yeah. And even if it's, it's like, like oh, a crappy yeah. piano with no reverb, yeah. it's like dead. <laughs> yeah. You hear it and you're like, I, I actually remember this. Yeah. It's almost like, it's like, taking it's like writing something down as a note a a stupid thing for music yeah like conceptual ideas you're like like one of our ideas that i brought up today to trey that we mentioned in a previous episode is uh tanning (laughs) tanning seat (laughs) which i was walking to get coffee today and i've been kind of frustrated because i workload's been crazy but i was walking to get coffee i was kind of frustrated and on the way back I thought about our idea for this tanning seat, which is like a toilet that has a tanning bed lights along it. So you can tan your ass and your legs while you're on the toilet. And, I thought, and it's so stupid and so funny that it's like, but if that's your note in your book, tanning seat, you will remember exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. If you write the right chord progression, you put just enough in there, you will remember a lot of your concept. It's like, yeah. This is my tanning seat song. You know? Yeah, totally. And I don't know. That's like, it's it's kind of hard to revisit something that you went off on a tangent about. You know what I mean? It always it always comes out a little bit different than the original, um, the original idea. 
but the it's better than not like it's better than not having anything and just forgetting about it you know what yeah. i mean so like i don't know that's that's kind of like for for like new ideas and like stuff that is just like i'm just coming up with that's kind of how it works for me but like a lot of times i'll just think about um stuff that we're already working on like stuff that's already kind of established and not like my brain will go crazy on that and I'll, I'll start hearing like hearing things and getting ideas about things to add or things to things that would sound better or whatever just by like, cause I know like the stuff we've already been making, like I know what it sounds like in my head. My, my brain remembers what that sounds like. And so expanding on that thing, it's almost like a muscle memory. Like I remember what it, what it sounds like. Yeah. So like elaborating on that is really easy because it's like you already have a concept of what it sounds like, but like, what could it be? What else could it be? Totally. And that's so, that's very easy for us, especially in the stage we're at in, in doing this album, because I think we've listened to these songs. I actually, I could tell you how many times we've listened to, I've listened to these songs alone and it's probably not, it's uh, probably not great. It's a, I literally don't know. What's it? What? No. I feel like. What? So I'm looking in iTunes. We have all of our tracks in iTunes uh, in a playlist for our new album, in another playlist for songs that I've been writing, kind of, or or we've been putting together. Um, the Dune. I could go to this song. Show album. This is just so not helpful. Songs. Here we go. I've played uh, this version, this iteration of our song, the first track on our album. I've listened to it sixty-five times, and this is this was export. <laughs> yeah, that was just this version, and yeah. we've had. Dozens of versions. Yeah. So um, you can imagine how these are ingrained in our mind because we're just trying to. And that's just like you listening on your own time. That doesn't include all the times we've played through all the parts like while we're working on it and all that stuff. Yeah. A lot of times. We we know these tracks. So so coming up with the, the inspiration around them is really natural and easy because these are a part of our daily lives at this point yeah in our thinking yeah and like it doesn't even have to be songs that we're necessarily working on like there there's a song that i've been sort of it's just always been like it's kind of stuck in my head and like i'll i'll kind of think of I'll, i'll just it'll just come into my head and i'll start thinking about the expansion of like all these different things. And um, these songs that like, we haven't even really worked on that much. Like they just pop into your head and like, you just start thinking about all kinds of stuff. I don't know. But back to the question, which was like my process for getting stuff out of my head and into something that's real. Um, It's, it's difficult for me because I feel like my I feel like my my brain is way more active than I have time for. So a lot of the shit that I think about and a lot of the the thought processes that I have are lost. And that's it's like a tragedy because I feel like if I had a way to can like if I had a way to rein in my crazy like thoughts that are just all over the place and whatever and like actually organize all that stuff into something i feel like i would be able to do a lot more and Mm -hmm. and do a lot like create more efficiently i guess i don't know it's something i've i'm trying to like get better at um it's tough it's tough to 
it's tough to allow yourself to see those moments of, of inspiration like you have, like maybe like the shower is the perfect place. Everyone gets inspired in the shower because you're not thinking about anything. It's like kind of like a, when you're riding a bus, like you're there's that moment if you don't have anything to do where you just zone a little bit on the bus. You don't want to, you're sure as shit don't want to talk to anybody. It's like I'm just here on the train or the bus. I'm going to let it happen. But in the shower, you are completely comfortable because you are completely secure. And alone. And alone. Yeah. And you're, and being like, this is, this is part of it, but being completely alone and completely secure and completely fucking naked. Like in reality, like seriously, like you, you have no inhibitions. Like you are, you are just you, you're just you standing there and there's nothing, you're not worried about looking like a doofus. Yeah. Because it's just you, and there's you got no clothes. You're, you're you're there alone. You have no worries. So so you're kind of comfortable being you. And once the shower sets in, you you settle into that feeling, the sensation of warm water, and then your mind just once you're kind of in the zone there, your mind just goes yeah. and it connects to all these things you've been thinking about. And now that you're you maybe for the first or only time all day some for some people for me at some point this is the time you're not worried about a single thing yeah. everything just is and the creativity of your of your concepts just flies and you hear all these sounds and you're free to think for five ten minutes and then it's over and yeah. you hope to god that you've remembered anything that you've yeah. come up with um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty common for, that's why shower thoughts is a thing is <laughs> because people think about weird shit. Well, they feel free to think about that weird shit. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like you're yeah. doing something physical with your body, but your mind isn't burdened by what you're doing. Like you're it's barely just, doing, you're not doing yeah. a ton. Like with your washing body. yourself. And it's like, everybody yeah. knows how to wash themselves. It's like your brain is like free to just like do whatever yeah but you have i mean you have to be in the shower for a period of time in order to take the shower sure like you're in there and you just, you just kind of are idle your brain is idle at that point and it's just like oh well you know i'm thinking about this or whatever i i uh well anytime in the morning for me is really great like if i'm alone like obviously if if Mercy's awake, like we're talking, like drinking coffee or whatever. But if I get up before her and I'm kind of alone and like I have some time before I have to like do anything, those are like there's something about the morning that's like your brain is fresh. It it doesn't it's not bogged down by all the fucking shit that you did during the day or whatever. I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that's kind of a problem with like us doing music stuff at night is because it's like, I've already had a full day of shit that my brain has been doing. And so like, I'm less creative. I'm less engaged with the music than I am in the morning. But obviously like, we're not going to like meet at six in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> sure. And it will. And I think that that's part of music is a practice. And it is really hard to con once you've got into the your career life and you're doing the nine to five, as uh, a lot of young people will learn when you're twenty two or twenty three and you get into that career life, it is it con consumes you because it is so draining. Yeah. Like when we lived in Chicago, after work, we were dead. Like that, like that was the, like after moving to Chicago, or at least for me, I like after months and months of doing mind numbing work, it's just like, I don't know how people survive this for 30 years Yeah, because it's, it's so dumb. Like that's the problem is like people do all these jobs that they are just doing and that and not caring about and for me in Chicago I started to feel that even though it was like 
I was getting into my career in the industry I wanted, and I still felt like at five thirty or I didn't get home till like six or six thirty. But you get home and you're like, I can't take. I literally can't take anymore until tomorrow. Yeah, and I have to take all this bullshit tomorrow. So I guess I'm gonna sit here and stare at the TV, or you know, until then. Yeah. Or like we got, we were so broke in Chicago, it's like we couldn't even drink, yeah. which is probably good. <laughs> like I would have drank myself to death um, when we first lived there, but uh, just because it was just so tough, uh, yeah. And so, so like the pr- the practice of of music at in the evening is is it has to be a passion. Yeah. Like when we get together, it's not easy necessarily, but once we get into it, it's not hard. Yeah. It's like, here we go. Yeah. And then you start thinking, you're like, oh, I remembered this thing that I wanted to fucking, you know, once you, once you get the, the, the gears moving, yeah, you start remembering all the ideas you had and all the, like, I don't know. That's, that's the thing is like when we start working on music, like a lot of the ideas that I had in the morning or whenever, start coming back and I'm just like, Oh fuck. I had this idea for this thing and it, it does get done eventually. Yeah. Um, but that's why writing it down or, or recording something or whatever is valuable because you don't have to rely on your ability to remember what it was, which is rare. You can actually be like, Oh shit, this song. I, uh, I had this idea. I recorded something here's the thing, whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and even if it's super, like super simple, like yeah. that's, and sometimes I play it. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is so dumb. But, but then you play it in front of me and I'm like, I hear something. <laughs> and that, that, that's the value. We've mentioned this before, but the value of having a partner is that we, me and Trey know each other. So we, we know each other's creativity so well that we can play something really, obscure and like really simple and we can almost hear the the same potential of that idea and it's and like i i have never had a a, somebody like that in my life so like the fact that we have i'm not trying to get sappy but like that's really fucking special yeah like we can literally sit down listen to something and we look at each other we're just like okay we see where this is going. Yeah. Like now, now we just have to, the problem is that we have so much to do on our current album. It's like, well, now we just have to, to put the work in to get there. Yeah. So let's save it and we'll come back to it. Yeah. It's like, we know where this is going or something, you know, like for either of our songs. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, from, from my creative process, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really rigid. I develop all of my practices around saving notes and stuff, which, which is helpful only because I am so all over the place. But like my ideas usually come right in the middle of a ton of work. Like I'm really busy working on uh, design and video production stuff. So I have these, uh, these, these sounds come to me, especially recently and so what I'll do is I'll run out to my living room where there's a piano for like three minutes and I'll start playing something because I, number one, I want to get the fuck away from my work for like a minute. And number two, I, I have to like having the inspiration is when you have to act. So I run out to my piano and I start playing stupid ideas and then very like fairly often the idea will just happen and it's not usually even the idea that I had in my head so I'll start trying to play the idea in my head and then I'll hit it but in a different way and then it's it's good enough to me that's that it's worth saving so my my typical rule is that I'll I'll hit my phone voice memo record it and then uh sometimes I'll send it to you which I've done recently and then like, and I'll, and I'll just have it saved. So I save a ton of voice memos, which I think is, it's hilarious to like listen to a lot of them. Cause I'll, I leave a lot of 
vocal notes as to what's going on. Like this song is kind of about this idea. I leave those a lot, but that the thing I say is really vague, so vague that sometimes I can't even understand what the point of it is. Um, but then I have this recording and uh, it's worth literally nothing because it's, it's not that great. But from that idea, that's my base for throwing it into logic, recording a pian- that same piano part I played on the, on my electric piano onto a synthesizer or a, or a synthesized piano and then developing something from there. Um, most of the time when I'm recording a, a concept, I have this like chord progression. The chord progression is the main thing for me, the chord progression and the, and the melody for the vocal or the concept for the vocal. It's not even the melody. It's like the hook. Yeah. Cause if I can hear the hook, even if I'm, if, if I'm like Sigur Ross, like their hamburger, their two hamburgers album, their parentheses album. Yeah. It's like, even if I'm singing fake lyrics to the melody that makes sense with the progression, that's all I need. Yeah. Cause then from there we can, we can build anything yeah. from that. It's like, Oh, that does sound good. Yeah. Those lyrics are not real words, but yeah. that we can, we can work with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the part that I love. I like, I like fitting, fitting lyrics into a mold. That's that's one of my favorite things about working on music with you is like, like you you put down just something something lyrical that sounds good, but it yeah. might not make sense yeah. in a grander uh, idea or whatever, or in a real language. And so, like <laughs> my favorite thing is like sitting down and like hashing out like lyrics that may uh, fit a little bit better, but still carry the the um the melodic idea yeah and th- and that's it's almost ho- like a uh, it's like a puzzle that yeah that, and that's hard and like when you it's like hearing a dope a dope melody or hook for a synth or a guitar it's like it's dope but how do you turn something that is just cool or hooky or catchy into something that is meaningful that's yeah. a big leap that, that's yeah. really hard to make. And, uh, and we almost don't have to do that, but we make a point to do that because it's important for us to have uh, meaningful sure. songs. Yeah, and we want, we want some meaning, but, but I think that even separate from the big meaning, we we're always connected to this bigger thing that it's very hard for us to break apart from because yeah. we have this ongoing like concept album concept albums that we're trying to like uh we don't need to distance ourselves from it but we're trying to uh be empowered to write things that are not necessarily uh, a part of it yeah and that's we found that to be hard because we found writing to that concept so easy it's easy when there's an idea just like when you have a band or a brand that is tied to a, an idea. Why do you do what you do? Why are you writing music? Why are you selling t-shirts? Like if the, if you have a real brand, why it's easy to write the rest. Yeah. Because as long as it answers to the why, like if we're writing music to uh, promote a nonprofit and that is trying to raise money for a natural disaster, Okay, that's yeah. a, for an example, or, or and that could be a brand or the band. But it's like if as long as your songs are heartfelt and focused on selling that idea, anything you write works. So you've then in that in turn you you don't have to write about sappy love songs about uh, when you're a teenager and and you don't and you're just emo shit. It's like that's you out. You don't fit in. Yeah, that's but you out. You don't want to fit in. Totally. <laughs> Like the, the, the all that type of style of music's out, or or that that concept of of uh, um, focus of the uh, lyrical. Wait, what? It, it's the <laughs> that focal point. No, that. Uh, well, that yeah, the, whatever. That focus of writing is out. 
And so you can you get to focus on music that is heartfelt in that in that construct and and conveying that message. And then all of it, as long as it's it fits to that why, it works. Yeah. So for us, the the why of our story is a big storyline that has a cyclical meaning and for our history. And so writing to that is really easy because we understand the bigger picture. And so writing little things that are outside of that is really hard. And uh, that's what we're, that's what the challenge is. And we're trying to, to, to be able to write those little bits. Yeah. And sometimes the little bits, like they don't really fit, but we try to make them fit. (laughs) We do. And maybe we shouldn't, but it's, it's, it's really compelling to try to make them fit just because it's like, it's, it's so close to being a fitting piece. Sure. But so we have all that stuff. We write it and I write it in, in logic. I'll, sh- I'll share that with you. But then like, we can't help ourselves. I can't help myself. But then uh, write some synth line. Some, the, the drums are, are scratch for now. But, but scratch for now is often a, a challenge. It's like you want to write the best ones you can. Or, or throw in the best ones you can to make the concept match. Yeah. And then, of course, we, I, got, I, can't, I literally can't help myself but re- record some vocals. And then maybe background vocals. And then maybe some ambient vocals that are super side chains. Um, but that's, like, that's my process. It's like when the, when the spark hits get as much of it down in a simple way. And then when you have a minute run literally as far as you can, because you might not have time to do much more than that for a minute, especially while we're working on our album like that. And maybe that's why I do so much. (laughs) It's like I send Trey stuff that's way too far. Well, you're also really proficient in logic. So it's easy for you to throw down a lot of stuff at once. Me, when I, like, try to get into logic and, like, throw down an idea, like, I just get caught up on the the little shit. Like, I, I spend half an hour trying to pick a, the the right kick or whatever. Or, like, I don't know. I just get – I get really hung good. up really easily when I get into logic just because I'm not I, – I don't have a lot of, like, go-to presets. I don't – like, everything is kind of, like, build it from scratch. And so I get caught up. And then I just get exhausted. I'm just like, ah, I'll come back to this. I, I lose momentum really easily. Um, but the idea itself sticks with me to where I can come back to it and like fine tune stuff and, and make and, and expand on stuff. But I don't know. A lot a lot of times I I I get ideas from hearing stuff that you make. You know what I mean? Like one of the songs on our album, uh, the first track on our album, you literally sent me something that you just like, you're like, here's the thing that I made. And like, I just take that audio file and I just play around with it and Mm -hmm. like write stuff to it. And like this, remember like the synth that I made for the Dune literally turned into the vocal of of it like it turned into the vocal part yeah yeah that's crazy because I, I was just writing it and it's like i i think that like it's easier for me to to expand on stuff that already that's already there than to like actually like lay down a bunch of like really um thorough music stuff like from scratch. And I think that's that's universal. I think that any anybody in any industry has an easier time giving input into something that is rather than creating something from nothing. Yeah. I think that's okay. And I think that that's that's where that's why collaboration is so powerful is because um anybody can write some for music like anybody can write a thing, one thing. And we've done, we've collaborated with other musicians and bands and they send us their stuff. We listen to it and we're like, okay, here we go. That's great. Uh, we hear this. We know what, we know what we would do. It's not quite what you've done. We'll take this and we'll 
put our spin on it because that's that's the easiest thing you know yeah. once we hear somebody what they're doing we're like yeah that sounds that sounds like a song and uh here's our way of doing it and yeah. then and we, and we can't even we can't help ourselves but we go way the fuck beyond what we should probably and we almost rewrite their entire track yeah we leave in the bones but but our new track is really thoroughly us yeah creatively uh because we had something to start with and once you have that progression you're like yeah i got it i get it cool your tracks we're gonna pull the volume down just a little bit till it's just about gone and i can barely hear it perfect you know (laughs) it's just then we just turn on the mic and we record for three hours of vocals and guitar and drum we throw in our drums and we throw in our bass and we throw in our synth and what is from the original band i it doesn't matter because it's like it's kind of still their song yeah kind of but it's like that's and then then we give it to them and it's like here's all the tracks separately this is kind of as far as we took it you can use it however you want pull down our our volume if you want and they don't they never do (laughs) They, they literally just use our track, which is because it's like, that's what collaboration is. Yeah. Here's an idea, build on it. That's what you built on. I love that. Let, let's use that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's how we work back and forth. It's like, you just take it and you're like, this is an idea. It's like, give me that file. Give me the MIDI. Give me the preset or save the preset. Cool. That is now the main thing of this song. Yeah. Uh, because that that's a, that's a part of the, creative process that i could never have gotten to because i'm so focused on something structural or fundamental and then you throw in something that's like uh really a dope hook and 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 chord progression that just shifts it yeah um yeah it's uh it's unlike any other creative process i think Cause you do that with design and people do not appreciate it. Yeah. Here's, here's a design I made for this brand. Here's a logo I made for this brand. Tell me what you I would these do. These layers and I'm going to add a bunch of these layers and I'm going to erase your layers. And so here's, I'll, ke- I'll keep the font. That's yeah. all I'm keeping though. Oh, I like that font. That's it. Uh, yeah. It's like they, they don't like that. Your colors, your graphics, fuck that shit. Yeah. We changed We're everything. Changing all that stuff. People don't appreciate it the same way as they do in music because, because music is so emotional. Uh, brands should be emotional, but people are too emotional to let go. Yeah. Well, music is also inherently collaborative. Like, if you're playing music with friends, I mean, if it's like a situation where you're all like in the same room playing instruments, everybody has a part to play. You know, it's so, a like even even if it's just jamming. Yeah. And so I, I feel like music is, is sort of a social um, experience because you can't do every like, I guess you, you can do everything yourself if you're like a DJ, but. Or a, produ- a producer of any kind, I guess. But it produ- could turn out better if you involve people, other people, other people's ideas, other people's creativity. Yeah. And uh, music is a universal thing. So it's like the collaboration aspect of music is inherently like social. It's, it's something that people come together to, to create. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good. I think that that's, that's the, the power of, of, of creation. So no matter what your inspiration is, you get it, you, you jot it down however you can and you share it with your people. Yeah, whether it's design or or music or video or whatever, it's like just throw together something, share it, and let it move on its own. You've you've thrown it on the road of creativity. It's it's now in progress, and let it kind of start flowing. Um, and, and that's that's how it has to be. Yeah, if you try to to kind of. St- stranglehold it into your power as a solo musician or creative it's going to be really challenging and that's why like that's why the power of recording alone is so 
it, it's so positive for individuals is that if you've been writing and producing maybe an album on your own, eventually you're going to have to go record it. And if you recorded it on your own, you may eventually you're going to have to get it mastered by somebody like you have to, at some point, somebody has to be involved. Yeah. Um, and, and that alone will push you outside of your yeah. abilities. And even if you're a magical person who knows how to do all that shit, you're still recording it, which means you're basically making copies of your different parts. So it's like a whole experience of multiple versions of you doing all this stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like you're singing the, the vocals, you're playing the drums, you're playing the guitar, you're playing this, the keyboards. You're doing all that stuff, but you couldn't do that by yourself in a live setting. No. You'd have to, you have to do it in parts. So it's like, even if you're amazing and you can do all that stuff by yourself, you still are using a tool that allows you to do the separate parts individually and put it together. Of you. A thing. Yeah. Of yourself. Yeah. And, but, but, but I think that the, you, we can't discredit the power of music the music doesn't become powerful until it leaves you yeah you can't be the end all even if you're trying to to do all that and you're mixing and mastering and releasing and promoting all that stuff unless you're marketing to yourself you have to hit somebody else yeah and unless it hits somebody else you have failed think about that all of that work You've learned all this stuff. You've learned how to do it all. And then all of a sudden, you're the only one that hears it. Yeah. You have still failed. Unless that's all you want, is to make an album for yourself that sounds perfect. You sit alone at home, crying in your corner, with your music full blast around you. That's all you need. You've succeeded, I guess. <laughs> right? No. But, but you have to get it. Not, the, the necessity to share with somebody is not because of money like we we're musicians we're all broke as shit because it's not about the money it's about connecting with others that connect with what you're saying or or expressing and so like eventually you have to market it to somebody who can hear it for the first time at a show or through an ad or on spotify or whatever and like the other people that that is collaboration I would say that like someone hearing your album for the first time and loving it, it's that is some sense of collaboration because then they are now involved. Yeah. And that's a more meta version of collaboration, but they are the reason they're built. They're one of the reasons you are doing all of this Yeah, is to share. Um, yeah. So that's just our two cents on, making and you know all that stuff uh any any interesting things happen this week to you that you want to share uh no not really um no (laughs) well this week i got to uh one thing that's special that happened to me i got to hang out with a dude twix williams a an incredible videographer photographer in portland 17 years old, has, uh, when he was 16, he got hired to do behind-the-scenes f- photography for MTV. And then he got, from that, got hired to f- go to Connecticut to shoot a, a like, a celebrity um, house party f- at 16 for video. So he was there, and he, like, went to all these <laughs> clubs and stuff. A very talented dude. I got to hang out with him last night. Um, I shot a whole Instagram story about him. But uh, I'm working with him, and we're I'm going to try to, like, mentor him in whatever the hell ways I can. Like, he's already working. He's doing MTV shoots and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know what I can do for him. But I can help him, like, stay stoked. He's young. He's in high school. Literally in high school. Yeah. So that happened. Next week... Uh, or this weekend I'm leaving for Mexico, going to swim with whale sharks, hang out at the, the Baja Peninsula, do some something. 
I'm going to try to, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing. A lot of nothing, I hope, um, which is exciting. So that means that next week, the um, next week, we're going to have a little bit of a different pr- uh, program for you. Uh, and uh, it may only be Trey. It may be both of us split. But either way, you're probably going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I think that's going to be it for me and Trey. Uh, we hope you had a great Halloween and the end of October. And uh, we will uh, chat with you next week in some way or another. And uh, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions on Anchor. You can leave a voice message. We really appreciate that. We'd love to answer any questions you have. Please reach out or on Twitter or on Instagram. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Off the Record with Nick and Trey. Bye. Bye. This is off the record, right?